Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 guys. It's me, Tiffany, and it's Manja. We just want to say thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Thanks to you, since we started our podcast, it was just me and Mandy listening (laughs) to ourselves, to now we get over 100,000 downloads a month. And I know it seems like that's awesome, but we could do even better, and we have a favor to ask. Just a tiny favor. If you could, please share our show. Share it on your social media. You can tag us at Brown Ambition Podcast. Take a screenshot of the show that you're listening to and share it on Twitter, on Insta, on Facebook. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You can tag us on social media. We're at Brown Ambition Podcast on Insta, at the BA Podcast on Twitter, and of course, our Facebook group. You can find us under Brown Ambition. Don't forget to tag our personal handles too. On Insta, I'm at Mandy Money, Mandy with an I. And Tiffany is at The Budget Nista. When you tag us, we will share your post and help amplify it even further. Thank y'all for all the love. This is just going to help us give us that little extra brown boost. Hey, hey, hey. I felt like I had to do something special. Hi. We're back. We're black. We're brown ambition. I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) We're brown effing ambition, right? Yes. The hell, man, we've been gone for so long. I know. It does feel like it's been a while. It's only been a couple of weeks, I guess. But yeah, it's like you have another Rio. <laughs> right. I was only gone for two weeks for the entire pregnancy or the entire uh, maternity leave. Listen, we did do an Instagram live, but that was fine. we did not. We could not save the audio. We had technical difficulties. Yes. Uh, honestly, Instagram is be a hater, especially when you do one for a, like, I guess, a, a decent amount of time. Like I'm, my hands always shake whenever I do an Instagram live after like when I want to save it, because sometimes Instagram's like, psych, you move too slow. It's gone. Oh. Rude. <laughs> I know. So you try to save it because you have a you have a choice. You can go straight to IGTV or save. But the problems they don't tell you is that if you save it and want to upload it later to IGTV, it doesn't let you if it's mm-hmm. over 15 minutes. So like mm-hmm. in the moment, you have to go direct to IGTV and you have to think of a caption. You have to make all these choices within like just a few minutes and it's very nerve wracking. And needless to say... I didn't make my choices ahead of time. I was like, oh, I should have done this ahead of time. I'm sweating right now. I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> but look, a lot has happened since the last time we were here, at least in podcast land. Yes. And we have been teasing a little nugget of news. I guess we can tell you guys. I mean, I guess we kind of owe it to you. 
But um, a piece of news that we dropped in the live that I feel like Tiffany should definitely share is what's coming up for you. Yes. So wait, which one? The um, the book? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's your announcement. The book? Yeah. No, no, wait. No, no, no. Money Magazine. Oh, Money Magazine. Okay, oh, okay, I'm okay. like, already. there's too much good news. Go ahead. <laughs> So, yes, your girl is the face. Oh, gee, you know, it's so funny because we're taping February 1st, which is beginning of Black History Month. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But your girl is the face and the very first Black woman on the Money Magazine cover by herself. I think they had like a family once, like as like a stock photo family. But yeah, I'm on the cover of Money Magazine. It's a digital magazine now. But Set back so in the casually. day when I, I was young, <laughs> <laughs> um, it used to be like, you know, it, like I used to buy Money Magazine. Um, so it's just so crazy that like uh, to be on the cover. Um, and what's, what I love, it was like such a blackly black, black undertaking because Leela Nima, who does my 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 um my makeup, black. Tanetta Bell, who does all of our pictures, she actually did our our um our brand ambition picture that you see, the for you know the cover of brand ambition. Um, Tanetta is black. My stylist Tracy, who's also my publicist, you know she styled me that day black. It just, it was amazing, and to see the cover, it's just it's just surreal because I was an awkward kid who always thought that there was something wrong with my, the like the darkness of my skin and the kinkiness of my hair. And so for it to be on the cover of a magazine, like, oh, but it's cute, girl, is kind of surreal. So that's awesome news. I'm still uh, I'm still so in awe. That is huge, 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 huge. The first black woman on Money Magazine. I was <laughs> bummed because my, um, oh, you're going to love this. Me and my cousin, actually, we were going to do a vision board. Well, we actually did do vision. We had a vision board party on Friday. Mm-hmm. And we were at CVS looking in the magazine aisle. And I was like, where is money? I want to get the Money Magazine. I didn't realize you couldn't get the actual physical yes, magazine. Yes, I know. Can they like make one if you order it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <that a> thing? <laughs> I know. Well, it's oh, because wow. now, you know how all magazines, basically, no magazines are making money anymore. Um, yeah, so, they are expensive, too. We spend mm-hmm. like hmm, $90 on like a few magazines. I was like, so this is why they're dying. Okay. Yeah, because they're running out. Yeah, it's just so most of them are just digital. But it's still like just such an amazing honor. So That's huge, Tiff. So huge. So, Thank so you. Yes. Um, and the other news for us, for Brown Ambition. Da, 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 da. Yes. So we have been, you guys know we've been independent forever. And we've done this show. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend like, you know, we were podcasting experts in the beginning. We, we did a lot of, we, we chatted about the beginning of Brown Ambition actually during our fifth year anniversary show in September. So I definitely recommend going back and checking that episode out for like the beginnings of BA. But we have been independent, i.e. Wait, how do you spell independent? I-N-D-E. What you know about me, that's hilarious. I can't spell it. Anyway, for over five years now, we had worked with an ad agency because, you know, it's cute to make money sometimes. So and to keep the show free to you guys and relatively affordable to produce, we started to work with an ad agency. But we started to feel like it would be nice to get the support and I don't know, the support and muscle of a podcast network to actually help the show take it to the next level because you guys have really made Brown Ambition what it is through word of mouth. And yes, we get some love from the podcast networks throughout the year and all of that, but it's really been our early listeners who have just like told a friend to tell a friend and have been building and growing with us ever since, you know, we started. 
However, we are very, very excited because we finally signed a deal with a new podcast network. Yeah. Major. (laughs) You probably haven't heard of them, but they are huge, huge, huge in the radio space. And they have a podcast network. They are called Westwood One, which is the behind the scenes face of Cumulus Media. So we're very excited about Westwood One, and we have to give them a big, big shout out for taking Brown Ambition on and, and yeah, loving the show. And we're excited to work with them and stay tuned um, for more. Yeah, I'm excited about that because it's like, you know, we've been doing this for some time. We built like this nice juggernaut of like an audience. And now it's like, okay, you know, we, this is just the next level for us. So I'm excited to take you guys along for the ride. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're wondering, okay, have you guys sold out? Like, what does this mean? Um, It doesn't mean that we've sold out at all. Honestly, if anything, if you love Brown Ambition, you should be very, very excited for us because this is just going to help us get this show in front of more people that can share in the joy Mm -hmm. and share in the BA goodness that we share each week. Um, And Westwood One, you know, and and maybe we should, we can be like candid about this. I mean, Tiffany and I, had lots and lots of discussions, not just with Westwood One, but other networks as well over the past, like, when did I start this process? Like August, July or August, talking to different networks. Mm -hmm. And we were very adamant that, you know, we want to retain autonomy over, you know, what kind of shows we do. Of course, what kind of brands we advertise, because that's important to Mm -hmm. us. You know, we don't want to talk about a brand that we don't like or that isn't going to be good for you guys. So, yeah, and so we retain that independence, and that was really and truly, you know, important to us. No, it is. And and I'm, I'm really, because we've seen all the, I mean, everybody watched, what is it, Unforgivable with Dave Chappelle? And you've heard about, like, Kanye complaining about not having ownership. You just... I just didn't want that for 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 me, for Mandy, and for the projects that we do moving forward. So we were just really adamant that, you know, it's not just creative control, but like ownership um of what we create. And so we're just I'm just proud of us. I feel like we're we are we are out of our teenage podcast years and now we're into our young adult uh, podcast <laughs> podcast journey. Yes. I'm excited for the next chapter with you, Tiffany. And here's to another five years, 10 years. I don't know. what will we, We'll be podcasting on Mars, maybe. <laughs> and a Tesla. I don't know, maybe. And yeah, and it's been a big, it's been a big month for me too. I actually left my job, my longtime job Woo! of five years at LendingTree. Um, for those of you who, I don't, I wasn't, su- I didn't always talk about work, but for a long time, I was a senior content director at a company called LendingTree. And I came to Lending Tree through Magnify Money, which, oh, my Magnify Money, which Tiffany and I both have connections to because I joined, I was like one of the first four or five employees at Magnify Money in 2016, and they hired me to run their content. And that was the same year when Magnify Money partnered with Tiffany with the second or third Live Richer Challenge, maybe, mm, credit edition. Yeah. Yeah, that was the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I when I joined, I remember them being like, okay, cool. One of the first things you can do is create content for this partnership with, you know, this lady named the Budgetista. I'm like, do I ever? So yeah, Magnify Money was so good to me. And they were acquired by Lending Tree a year after I joined. And I mean, I got to grow that team from two to over 30. And uh, it's just been such an amazing journey. Um, and I, I, I feel like Every career question we got the past few months from people, I was sort of, you know, I was in the same position, you know, wondering when's the right time to make a move. And, 
and you know what what will the next move be and and will it find you know will you find true happiness now that you've had some time to like I really have had time to figure out what I like and don't like about what I'm doing or where my strengths are and um I'm not prepared to announce anything right now I'm not allowed to technically announce anything right now but hopefully by next week's show I'll be able to share with you guys what is next for me but I will tell you that it's very very exciting yeah it's very exciting yes 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 so lots and lots of stuff going on but good stuff and um yeah 2021 is gonna be aight if we just (laughs) don't catch COVID and die (laughs) 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 oh god so speaking of craziness in 2020, you want to talk about what everybody's been talking about? GameStop, shorting, all of that, hedge funds. We have to talk about GameStop, yes. Two of my cousins were like, um, what is this GameStop situation? I can't wait, GameStop. I keep calling it GameStop because all the stock anyway. <laughs> GameStop, yes. Everyone has been talking about this. Do you want to tee it up? Like what's the what's the background tip as you understand it? Well, the background tip, as I understand it, is that you have to just, so there's two types of investing. Well, there's many, but two core types. There's like the long position. That's when you like um, buy and um, it, that's when you um, buy and hold. This is like, a, if you think of, um, oh, who's that old guy? Uh, the Oracle of Omaha. What's his name? Warren Buffett. Um, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. So like Warren Buffett, right? He's the king of that. Like you buy a good stock at a discount, you hold, 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 the stock, you know, the stock increases in value. So that's his position. And honestly, that's what most people, you know, when you think about investing, um, you think long-term, so in five years or more, right? But then there are some folks who take the short position and that's when you're kind of getting, you know, wanted to make your money. Now it's more speculative. A lot of hedge funds navigate in this space. So when you're taking the short position or if you're shorting a stock, you're with, okay, when you're taking a long position, you're hoping the stock goes up in value because you bought it for a dollar, you want it to go up to $2 and $3 and $4. But when you short a stock, you're actually hoping the stock goes down in value because you borrowed the stock at a certain amount. So you don't really, you're not, you haven't paid for it, but you've borrowed a stock at a certain amount and you're hoping for it to go down so you can pocket the difference when you do buy it and, and, and when you do give it back. So it's like, I borrowed the stock at $2. The stock price went down to $1. You know, I pay for the for the $1 stock and I'm able to give the person back there too. But I, I basically, I made a, a dollar off each stock. So it's when you get to borrow a stock and pay and get to keep pocket the difference because the stock has gone down. Girl, as many times as if I have heard so many people explain this to me and read about it, I'm still just like, uh-huh, short, got it, uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's crazy. It, well, it's crazy. It's like, it's very sophisticated investing that yes. is typically done by like sophisticated investors, like hedge funds, like Tiffany said. Mm-hmm. But I just, the intersection between Wall Street and Reddit just like collided with this whole GameStop yes. thing. And they're calling so, it Robin Hood has been like is is it's being dragged for days over their reaction. So what ha- so basically talk about, you know, GameStop and how Reddit and how, I don't know, like the Davids of America decided to use this like hedge fund sh- uh, shorting strategy to to beef up GameStop's value and 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 take the stock to new heights and basically make these hedge funds lose like billions and billions of dollars. 
So one hedge fund in particular, Melvin Capital, right? So they were shorting GameStop like crazy, short, short, short. So which means that they're betting on GameStop um, losing its value, which is kind of mean when you think about it. It's almost like someone comes to your basketball game when you're a kid and bets against you losing like, yeah, they're going to lose by two points. Look, oh, they're going to lose by one point. And not only just that, but kind of manipulate the market so you can lose. So let's not pretend like they're just waiting and hoping and crossing their fingers. No, there's market manipulation. So because the the purpose of the short is I want your stock to go down so I can pocket the difference of the stock that I borrowed against you. And so it's, it's, it's mean and it's nasty and it's, you know, low bar investing if you ask me, which you haven't, but I'm telling you anyway. So people on Reddit, there's this group called Wall Street Bets. It's about 400, 4 million members mostly guys from what I can see, you know, they started to get kind of pissy and they were just like, why is it that these hedge funds get to bet on good companies going down and then encouraging these good companies to go down? I don't like it. How about if we started to buy GameStop stock? So as you know, one of the reasons, well, there's so many reasons why stocks can go up and down, but certainly stocks being purchased in mass is one of the reasons why a, a stock's um, price can go up. And so that's what they decided to do independently. Like, I think we should just buy. So people were buying and buying and buying. Now, remember, the only way that if you're shorting a stock that you make money is when the stock goes down because you get to save the difference. Now, if the stock goes up, that means you actually have to pay back the person that you borrowed that amount of money. So you actually can lose and lose by a lot. Because if you, let's just say if you have like a long position, you invest $1,000 and the stock goes to zero. You just lost a thousand. That's it. But if you're shorting a stock and you borrowed 10 stocks and you are, you borrow them for $20 and you, you tell yourself, you know what? The stock's going to go down to $5. So when it goes down to five, you know, you give them back their, their $20 stock, you get to keep 15 for yourself. But if that stock goes up to 20, goes up to 30 and you borrowed it for 20, now you owe $10 per stock. So you can actually own infinite amount of money because stocks can theoretically go up as much as possible. You know, so that's what the game stoppers were trying to do. Like they're trying to force like Melvin, um, Melvin Capital, um, that hedge fund in particular to basically bankrupt because we're going to make the stock. You, you bought this stock for say $5 a share, Melvin Capital, by the time, like, I mean, the last, like, <clears throat> the, the highest I saw the stock go was 400 and something dollars. That means they were for each stock they had in the hole for $350. That's <clears throat> insane. <laughs> Literally billions of dollars in the hole. Because eventually you have to give back what you borrowed and pay what you said you were going to pay. You know, what the stock is actually worth now. I have and if so it's many worth- additional questions about this whole thing. I just, but I don't, I don't want to get like into the weeds, weeds, weeds. Into so the weeds, was, but I definitely want to know, like, man, how does this work? So you borrow, I, but does the borrower? Okay, I won't ask. Um, <laughs> but it was just crazy because, and you know, so of course, you know, these poor, poor, wealthy hedge fund people are like, ah, stock manipulation. Look, meanwhile, that's what they've been doing literally forever. But it's only stock manipulation when when Joe Schmoes do it. But when they do it, when they try to drive a company out of business so they can make money, it's all good. So. 
you know, that's what happened. And so, and sure enough, um, Melvin, Melvin um, Capital, that hedge fund, it went out of business. They had to get $3 billion. Well, they had to get $3 billion. I won't say it went out of business, but they had to get close to $3 billion infused. And so at least for now, it looks like um, the Wall Street Bets guys um, have like tentatively won. And so now they're doing it for other stocks like um, AMC, the theater, BlackBerry, and so they're looking. I saw Macy's, to, Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they're basically just like, if you look at kind of like what they're saying, they're like, you can no longer make it that no one else can win but you, because that's yeah. what's been happening. Is that there are a handful of very wealthy, mostly white men that have controlled the market, the up, the down, the side to side. They have done so in just in a way that just they win. And there are a group of other people who realize, you know what, there's only a handful of y'all. If we act in mass together, we can win. And so that's what they're trying to trying to do now. Some people literally, I know somebody who like, you know, invested $5,000 and got back a hundred and something thousand. I mean, people were making big bank off of this. Now, the thing about shorts, remember it's, or just even in, in um, investing in this kind of speculative way, because let's be real, GameStop is not worth 430 something dollars. It's just not. So you don't know literally within an hour, it could be worth, you bought it for $430 thinking it's going to go up. And then within an hour, it's worth $20 again. So you could lose a ton of money, you know, when you invest in this way, but some people were willing to take the risk. And, you know, the the way the stocks work is that the bigger the risk, the risk, the bigger the reward. Uh, I'm not, I'm risk adverse. So I was not playing that game. I was watching from the sidelines like, okay. But um, yeah. yeah, I didn't I put any feel money like into Once it. my cousins are texting me, the boat has sailed. Like <laughs> yeah, the ship the has sailed. Has sailed. <laughs> yes, I, it's it too late for me. It's fine. I don't, I don't follow Reddit for stock tips, but I do want to talk about, because at this point, this has been going on for, it went out, it went on throughout January. It became national news in the last couple of weeks, but people logged in or, or the market's open today, which is Monday, February 1st, and GameStop was down $100 a share. So it was down, let me see, mm-hmm. I have it in my notes. It dr- it fell from 328 to 225 today. So that's a that's a 30% drop. I mean, a, a 3% drop is a big deal for a stock. So we're already kind of seeing, maybe we've seen the peak, maybe we haven't, but part of me definitely feels like this is a bit of a flash in the pan. It was just like a perfect storm of events that kind of came together and made this whole thing a viral moment. And mm-hmm. I know that they're trying to do it for other sh- other stocks. So my cousin was uh, asking about Bed Bath & Beyond and I'm like, I don't know, I'm going to take a look. And I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond, BlackBerry and a- AMC are also are all like $30 stocks right now. They're not like they're not um, as huge as GameStop is. I I my my biggest concern because there's people who've made I mean, you said thousands and and I hate the word people because it kind of like how many is it? I don't know for sure. And I don't want to like make this a bigger deal than it was. But there has been a few at least that have made potentially millions of dollars on this Mm -hmm. on this whole thing. But let's talk about taxes, because, you know, one of the things I was talking to my cousin about is if you want to get in and make money off of GameStop. And like, let's say you bought stock at the beginning of January because you follow on Reddit and you just want to like get in, you bought it at, what was it? $5, $10 a share. And yeah, so you made, you know, 30X your money. You don't really make that money until you sell the stock. And in order to sell the stock that soon after buying it, you'd have to pay short-term capital gains taxes, which are in effect your tax rate like your ordinary income tax rate, which depending on your income, you know, can be up to 37%. So that is another reason why sometimes it it pays to hold stocks for at mm-hmm. least a year. 
Because after a year, you have what is then called a long-term capital gain, which is when you sell a stock that you've, you've held for a year, and then you pocket that profit. But tax man's going to come either way. The long-term tax... Yeah, either way. So what I would say, and that my, I just, I'm thinking about the the people who jumped on this bandwagon, got super excited, you know, they hit the lottery, basically won the lottery in a sense, and they immediately sold it because these are not wealthy investors who have time to wait. Like yes. they, they could be people who have rent to pay or they need to get a car so they can go to work or, they, or they're just excited about having cash in the bank. So they just cash out, you know? Um, and if you're listening and that's you, just... Get get a get an accountant and try to figure out what will your tax hit be so that you can set that money aside now. Um, those taxes won't be due until April of next year, so April twenty twenty two. But I I really would. It would I mean imagine imagine if you're someone who's who's sold the GameStop stock and you've got all this profit and then you spend it or you use it on yep. whatever. And then next spring comes around and you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm scared of. And I, I that's going to be a story next year, I feel like. So definitely be cautious with something like this, you guys. The true winners are the ones who, listen, who loved GameStop and took advantage of the fact that the stock was really cheap and they bought it a year ago. And there are people or, or longer ago and, you know, that is, you know, a buy and hold kind of mentality. And like you said, Warren Buffett, you know, you value investing, you want to invest in yes. companies that you think, you know, you understand the fundamentals of their business and how they're performing, or you're looking ahead and you're saying, okay, well, you know, GameStop, yeah, they've taken a hit because you, you no one plays physical video games anymore. They all download them or whatever. But, you know, I like the way the CEO gave a TED talk about the future of uh, his business or whatever. And I'm going to throw some money here because I think it, long term, the company will be fine. That's a very different style of investing. And yeah, but for me, it's a no for me, dog. I'm not, I'm not hopping on that GameStop, GameStop uh, bandwagon. I, I don't play video games. Um, I haven't played since the Mario 64 was a thing, was a thing, but I'm, I'm excited that people are talking more about, you know, the stock market, but it's just cray cray. No, it is cray cray. Honestly, it, I think, I think that if this is your first for, foray into the market, it should not be into shorting and not options. And honestly, your first foray into the market should look more like um, index funds. Should look more like which is when you a fund that mirrors uh, an index, a market that's already in, um, that's are like uh, the S and P five hundred, meaning like when it mirrors the investments that are in that market, right? So when mm -hmm. they, when S&P 500 goes up, S&P 500 is a market that big 500 big U.S. companies, stocks in 500 big U.S. companies. So when those companies go up, then because your index fund is mirroring that, it goes up. When it goes down, it goes down. So when you invest in an index fund, you're not looking to beat the market, you're looking to meet the market, basically, like you do what the market does. So index funds, mutual funds. So a mutual fund... And index funds are typically passively managed, meaning that it's an algorithm that picks. It ain't nobody. But a mutual fund is typically um, actively managed, right? So um, that means that um, there's a person that's picking the, the investments that are in the fund. So the, um, the fees associated for investing in that fund are a little bit higher because a person, that person has to get paid. But mutual funds, you know, are looking to beat the market. That's why you pay that person extra. But honestly, mm -hmm. research has shown that long term, 
they really don't, mutual funds don't necessarily beat the market, right? Or ETFs. And ETF is like a, the, the, the love child of like a stock and a, a mutual fund, right? So it's a, it's a basket of stocks and bonds, and, and, but they, it trades on the market. Because when it comes to mutual funds and index funds, you can only buy them once a day at the end of the day. But index funds, I mean, um, ETFs, you can buy and trade during the day. So those are the three. I would look in mutual funds, index funds, and ETFs if I was just starting. Because basically, you get to just invest in a basket. You don't have to choose individual. A lot of people will tell you, like, oh, don't do that. But it's a good place to start. If you're not doing anything else, you can literally just say, hey... I'm going to put 50 bucks a month into this index fund and that's it. If you do that, you're still better off than most people. Yeah, absolutely. And I just talked about taxes and, you know, this type of quick short-term training trading can be very expensive if you're going to be, you know, if you're looking to make money and cash it out, if you're not looking to stay in the market long-term. And that's another reason people should start with their tax-advantaged investing vehicles like your 401k or an IRA, because there you have some tax advantages to decrease your, you know, potential tax liability. Personally, I do have my little fun investing account where we have individual stocks. You know, I think there's like 10 different companies that that we're invested in. And I have a few that I like, and my husband has a few that he's he buys. And we, we agree to like put, you know, a certain amount of money in every quarter um, to that little account. And that is where I, we might choose a GameStop. Um, but it's not for me. To, I like, I just, I don't understand it. So, uh, and that is fun. And I feel like if you've got money for the side that you don't mind, well, who, who, who wants to lose money? Like nobody does, of course not. But you have to, I, we definitely separate that account from our long-term retirement savings and our emergency savings. So I don't feel like if, you know, if we have to weather some ups and downs in the market, I, I don't want to jeopardize my entire nest egg doing it. So that's why we have that separate account. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like what else, what else can we talk about with GameStop? There's so many questions out there, but um, uh, yeah, I, that, that's it. Good luck. I guess we didn't talk yeah. about Robinhood though. People, people are dragging Robinhood. They, they, I, I don't know if they still have, but they, they, I didn't realize you could do this. They just halted. You can't trade GameStop or you couldn't at least for a period of time, couldn't trade mm-hmm. GameStop or any of the other stocks that the Wall Street. You could bets. sell it, but they weren't letting you buy them. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about all that, but I know uh, the founder of this nonprofit in New York called Robinhood uh, was super super pissed because everyone thought that he was the big bad Robin Hood <laughs> investing app. And he's like, y'all, it's not me. Could you read the Twitter bio? It's not, it's not that, it's not the same thing. But yeah, everyone seemed to love Robin Hood until this past week. <laughs> no, it's true. Because the, the issue, I mean, I, I suspect there are some other big strings behind the scenes that forced Robin Hood's hand about not letting people purchase. Because remember, it's in the buying that you pushed up the price. So basically they were forcing like if if I can't buy, I can't push up the price of GameStop and I can't bankrupt the hedge fund or whatever it is that Wall Street Bets was like aiming to do. So it's kind of like, well, that's not fair. They can bankrupt us. When there was the big buyout, 2008, 2009, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't get, regular people didn't get buyouts, but all the big major banks do. How come they get all these buyouts? You know, these big billion dollar companies, they get these buyouts and regular everyday people are left to suffer. And so um, that's what people are. I'm actually like I have um, investments with Robinhood, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm pulling mine out as well because I was just like, eh, it's time to move on. Oh, where are you gonna move? I I use Ally Invest. I don't know yet. 
it's I'm trying to decide because I'm yeah. lazy and I don't like to wait. <laughs> I have my savings there already. But um, I do. I think I have some like chewy stock in Robin Hood. I haven't made. I mean, whatever. It's not really bothering me. But yeah, it is a little shady. I did read that like Robin Hood had to come up with three billion dollars right quick because they didn't have enough money on hand to like make people mm. whole on their trades. I don't know. This is all very fascinating stuff. But shout out to GameStop and, uh, you know, anyone who's an early shareholder, you are doing very well. More power to you. But you kind of like won the lottery. And yes. I'm good with that. I'm, I can make peace with not winning the lottery. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the show. Questions. <laughs> Y'all got questions. Storm we have, questions. Right, exactly. Y'all have questions. We might have answers. At least, you know, answers to our best of our ability. Um, but you are not to take our answers for advice for you specifically. This is just me, Mandra, just talking, aka sue your grandma, not us. Why would they sue their grandma? I just always say that, that like, you know, okay. when people, because, like, you know, like um, Tony, my attorney always says, you know, make sure you do a disclaimer that people, you know, this is just, you're not giving specific advice and that people should reach out to their own financial um, expert or, or or CFP or CPA, whatever. And I'm always like, AKA, basically, you know, you don't try to sue me, go sue your grandma. Yeah, please, <laughs> please don't, but don't give them any ideas either. You can't, it's not possible. Don't sue us. Okay. Um, this is funny. I think they... I think that you mentioned us during your our Instagram live that is lost forever. But someone wanted to know, this is Shannon from IG. She says, I, this is not a budget question, but it's something from the show. How does Tiffany take apple cider vinegar and why? I tried and it nearly burned my insides. Just wondering if she has any tips or tricks to do it. ACV so, tip. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I hope you're not taking it like without mixing it with anything. Um, because you Not that I've should. ever done that before. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to burn your inside. It does burn. Um, <laughs> so I just honestly, I get a glass of water, cold water, and then I put like about two or three tablespoons, like, you know, pour it into a spoon and just put it in the water and I drink it that way. It almost tastes like not not that great lemonade. That's what it tastes like to me. But yeah, you, you drink it with water, at least a cup of water. Um, and so, yeah, you should not be taking it. And so the reason why you take it is because it helps with digestion. Um, it's supposed to help, you know, trim that belly fat because it helps with digestion. So that's why lots of people take apple cider vinegar. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I should try it again because it also yeah indigestion and also like for me it was um, heartburn, which seems when I when I when I drank it straight up like a dummy, I was like this burns a lot. How can it possibly be helping me? But yeah, I learned later to dilute it. Also makes a really good hair rinse slash conditioner. Yeah, it does. Yes, I do that sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little stinky, stinky. But if you have any buildup, oh my gosh, it's really great for buildup on your hair. I like that smell. Am I weird? I'm like into kombucha too. Um, Ooh, that's stinky. Yeah, it's kind of, anyway, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, Shannon, for your question. Let's get into a career one. I really feel for this listener. Let me see. So let's keep her anonymous. But she says, I'd like to wish you both a blessed and happy new year. I'm writing you both today because I feel stuck and I'd like to make some changes in my life this new year. I work for a nonprofit organization and my employer promoted me over three months ago without a pay increase. Oh, no. When I asked why, I was told that when I was originally hired, it was their intention the whole time to have my position be a supervisory position. I had no idea that was a part of their plan, nor did I sign anything agreeing to that. The problem here is my workload has increased significantly, and I'm now supervising Mm. seven people with no other benefits. Is Mm. this normal? I'm at the point of just wanting to quit because I feel that I'm being taken advantage of. I'm extremely unhappy at work and would like any advice on what to do. I'm not in the position to just quit financially, but I need a new job, maybe out of the state so I can have more opportunities. Help. Yikes. Well, I'm going to put this part in the Mandy you take, you know, the career stuff is your jam. That is terrible. Honestly, yeah, I, yeah, it is because I'm like, oh, here's more work. Oh, well, we were going to make you, well, you should have done it when you hired me. Don't, that's not how that works. I just feel like that's just terrible to give you all this extra work and not extra pay. So I'll just, that's my two cents. But what should she corporate speak do? I mean, get the F out of there and tell them why. So they never do that again to someone. I know that you say financially, you can't just up and leave, but I would start looking because it's just not fair. Seven people is a lot of freaking people. Listen, I used to manage like 12 people and I just about died, uh, just about died until I had someone to split them up with. And I think when I left Lending Tree, I was managing se- uh, seven or eight directs and that still, you're just spread so, so thin. So I, I just feel you on so, so many levels. And what really pisses me off, though, is that because you weren't sure what you were getting yourself into, you you weren't in a position to negotiate for what mm. you truly deserved, which I find to be the shadiest thing of all. It's almost like they've they've just stolen money from you. Yeah. And if they're not going to give you any kind of pay raise now, I don't understand how they expect you to, to stick around. And to be quite frank, I would say if you are, you know, I, listen, of course, you want to take the high road a lot of the time. Um, especially if you're in the nonprofit world and you don't mention what kind of nonprofit, but, you know, let's say you want to save baby seals in Antarctica and there's only like four nonprofits who do that. You know, you maybe don't want a reputation for yourself as being troublesome or whatever. So you you don't want to like burn bridges, but I also would not bust my ass and bend over backwards to to do an exceptional job um, because of something of a mistake that they made. I would not be killing myself trying to be the super duper, you know, boss of seven people, supervise them. And for those who think supervising is just about checking people's time cards, if they do that, or approving PTO or making sure they're on task, it's it. If you're really, if you're truly, you know, growing people and and developing them, which I think 
you know, a true leader should do. That's a lot of time and energy on your part pouring into the people who work. And and it's also, it's not just about this company or this nonprofit shortchanging you. They're also shortchanging these seven people, you know, yeah. who by giving them a supervisor without the resources to do what she needs to do. Um, and that is completely irresponsible. And I'm just, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. So I guess Naughty Mandy would say, you know, as soon as you can, just get the F out of there. Mm -hmm. If you, if you want to, you know, move somewhere else in the nonprofit world and you are, you know, you don't want to burn too many bridges, I wouldn't give up on this issue. I would keep pushing. I would bring it up as often as you can and make your bullet point list of reasons why, you know, you deserve this phrase or at the very minimum, ask for specific support. Like what can, what kind of support can you have in coaching seven people? Are you even prepared to supervise seven people? Can they pay for management training? You know, how, how can they just foist seven direct reports upon you and expect you to, to swim? You know, it's, I know it's a crazy time of year, not time of year. It's just a crazy year in general with everything happening. And a lot of companies are scrambling to to keep afloat. And I understand that. But this to me was really, yeah, irresponsible. And yeah, next level just for me as an employee, I don't know how you rebuild that trust. Yeah, because that that's exactly what was broken. It's not just they're taking advantage of you. That, you know, they've broken trust. Um, Absolutely. And they're probably thinking, oh, it's pandemic slash quarantine slash all the stuff. She's not going anywhere, but I would prove them wrong. Yeah. If it was their plan all along, then why did they not tell you, you know? Oh, by the way, we totally plan to have you report, you know, have seven people report to you, but uh, we waited three months to actually do it. That that makes no sense. None at all. So I completely understand where you're coming from. All right. But thank you. Thank you for your question. And she's in Minnesota. So if you guys know anybody in nonprofits in Minnesota and you want to get her a job hookup, <laughs> I let love us Minnesota know. Um, their accent. Min Min Minnesota. No, Minnesota. I yeah, Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. I just love that. <laughs> I don't know what that Yes, Minnesota. You know, my people are from the Midwest. So, I mean, half my people. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for that question. Let me see. We have another one. All right. So, for our third and final question, let's take one that has to do with the lovely 401k. All right. This listener from IG wants to remain anonymous. And she says, or he says, I have two 401ks from previous companies that I am considering rolling over to my current company. Would you recommend doing this during the current economy or leaving them where they are? I checked one account and I won't receive any penalties for leaving it there. And I'm not sure about the other one. I also want to ask you about my company's matching policy. Since I work for a startup, they are not able to match my 401k contributions. Any suggestions for making sure I make the best of this? Like, should I contribute double what I was going to contribute each paycheck to make up for the lack of matching? Thank you so much for answering my question. I love the podcast and thanks for all you do. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. The You want to be mindful because it's so easy. It's like bank accounts to not close an account and then not close another. Not, and then five years later, you're like, wait, I have like six accounts. I'm asking, wait, what, what, what bank? Wait, what? You know? So 
rolling over your 401ks or your, you know, your retirement accounts into one account is just good maintenance because you don't know, maybe a year from now you might be someplace else. And there's no, there's no way for you to time the market to say, this is a good time. We, this is a good time. So if you're going to roll it over, you know, into a, um, uh, an IRA, then I would just roll it over into an IRA. And as far as your company not matching, that's, you know, that's not uncommon for, um, a startup. Honestly, I actually would be putting, I would, unless you're making over, like, I, th- I think it's 139,000. I think it's a little bit more now because it's 2021. But I actually would divert my uh, retirement um, investing funds toward a Roth IRA first. I like the tax, the tax bo- um, bonus for a Roth better than the tax bonus for a traditional IRA or 401k. Here's why. Because with a Roth, you can put your money in. Say you put your, you know, I think it's like whatever. I think it's $6,000. I think it's still $6,000 or it's $6,500, the max. But you can max out your Roth. Right, put your state $6,000 a year. And then by the time you get ready to retire, you don't have to, because you paid taxes on the money that you put in, that $6,000 that you put in is um, after-tax money. So this is your, you you take the 6000 6, from your take-home pay. So you pay taxes on it, you put it in your retirement account, it's a Roth. At the end, when you're ready to retire, 59 and a half and, and older, you know, you could take, not only is that the, you know, the 6000 you've been putting away ha- already have taxes on it, but the growth, you don't have to pay taxes on the growth, which is kind of awesome that you can basically take that money tax-free later. That's the tax benefit. So I like to max out my Roth first if I'm not getting a match at a company and then go back to my 401k after I've maxed out my Roth. If I have extra money, put put money toward my 401, uh, 401k. So that's usually like my cycle that I like to do. First Roth, if there's a match, I do my match, then my Roth, then back to my 401k if there's extra. If there's no match, I like to do 401, I like to do Roth first, max that out, then then my um then my 401k. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I and as far as rolling it over cuz I've definitely I'm in that position right now. Got to roll over my stuff. Listen, like most most brokerages uh have a very you know, laid out process for doing a rollover and it's, it could be pretty seamless. You just want to be sure that you do it digital, like a digital transfer. I remember when was it like 10 years ago, I was leaving a job and I, I bungled something up and ended up having to cash a check. Like they mailed me a check and then I had to do it quick, quick, quick. I think I had 30 days to do it yeah, before 30, I, was gonna say, yep. <laughs> I got taxed as if it was a contribution, like whoops. I mean, it was like $2,000. I was a baby. But, okay. still. but still, yeah. So uh, don't make that mistake. Just you know, call or, you know, uh, log into your account and I'm sure there'll be a tab somewhere for initiating a rollover. And yeah, as far as making up for there not being a match. Yes. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're not going to be able to, yes, if you, if you can contribute more, I would never say don't contribute more to your retirement fund. And I like the way that Tiffany has sort of you know, prioritize. Well, if they're not going to, if they're not going to give you a match, there's really no benefit to you being in there. You know, that specific retirement account with your, with your company. And yeah, just just pay attention too to what types of investment options you have with the, with the company that they're, where uh, that they're helping or having manage your retirement portfolio because you know you may have more diverse options at another brokerage or one of the old ones that you you know had. Um, your your 401k stored in. So that's something to consider as well when you're weighing those options. Yeah. And also too, you might add that because sometimes smaller startups will have profit share 
or maybe you have some equity. So ask about mm-hmm. that. Like what other, you know, what other ben- benefits are there? Equity is nice. Mm-hmm. It is. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for the questions. Again, if you have questions, hit us up at Brown Ambition Podcast uh, on Instagram, or you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or check out our, where's my .com? Oh, I know it's been, I'm out of practice. (laughs) (laughs) I wait for it now. Or you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything. And now it's time to booster break with the BA family. Are you going to boost? Are you going to break? What you going to do, Mandy? See, I could not remember this. Remember on our live? I couldn't Mm. remember. Mickey Mouse Um, Club, right? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I was like, darn it. Well, it's got levels because I was just, I saw that Justin Timberlake turned 40, I think, which is crazy. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club. I used to watch him. I know. Um, Yeah. It's like all my faves are turning 40 these days. That's crazy. Uh, I digress. I have a couple of boosts and I'll do a boosty boost real quick for us because it is February, the most fabulous month of the year, aka Black History Month. And Tiffany and I are getting some love. Actually, and this is really kudos to Westwood One, our new podcast uh, network and partners, because they have helped us get a shout out on iTunes, of course, in their Black History Month section, but also on Spotify and TuneIn. We are Mm. featured and their curated BHM list. So check us out there and share. And it's always nice to get the the love and the spotlight, especially on a month, um, you know, when there's just so many beautiful and amazing black creators out there. And it's great to be, yeah, sharing some shine with them. Send me that screenshot, girl, mm-hmm. so I can post it on on the on the um the socials. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my second boost I was gonna do, speaking of GameStop, so there's this really, really cute story. Let me get his name. So this is about this boost goes to Jaden Carr of San Antonio, Texas, who was 10 years old. He made five thousand percent on his initial GameStop investment during this whole shenanigans that were happening the past week. And I know I've been like kind of screaming and like squirming over all this news of people potentially risking so much, but he was a long-term holder of GameStop stock because his mom, a nutritionist, decided to buy him some stock in the company to teach him about the power of investing. And she actually bought it during Kwanzaa and gave him, so she gave him 10 shares. At the time they were $6 a share. And this was back in 2019. So if you remember what I was saying earlier, when you hold the stock for at least a year and then you sell, your tax hit is a lot, lot less. So he sold his shares. Um, When he sold them, I think the stock was, I don't know exactly what the stock was, but he made $3,200 on those shares, which is crazy. It is. Yeah. So shout out to Jaden. Shout out to Jaden and shout out to his mom, Nina, for having the the foresight to, you know, take 60 bucks and instead of buying him the game that he wanted, buy him shares in the company, which is such a beautiful way for parents to to teach the power, excuse me, of wealth building to their kids. So that was really cute. That was in the New York Times. I'll post a link in the show notes. Loves it. Well, I'm going to do a breaky boosty. I'll do the break first. Oh, did you see Screech from um, Saved by the Bell, yeah, Dustin? I did. That's, yeah, lung cancer. Dang. I know. He was 44 years old. Yeah, so, that's very sad. You know, R.I.P. It is. Mm-hmm. He had stage four lung cancer. If you guys have not ever watched Saved by the Bell, it was like just a pivotal, like, I don't even know, like, 
it was huge, like for at least for my age range. And his name was Dustin Diamond. He was a funny, he was a comedian. Um, and yeah, and so he passed away um, today at 44. So rest in peace to him. Um, so that's my, obviously my, my break. And actually have, so two boosts. One boost is, okay, Stacey Abrams nominated for Nobel Peace Prize and Black Lives Matter movement. Okay. Yes. How did they not see this? Yeah, so I was like, I just saw that Stacey Abrams today was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Get it, girl. Oh, my God. So deserved. I actually know Opal and Patrice, and I don't know Alicia, who was the the three women who, um, you know, um, um, founded the Black Lives Matter movement, but I know Opal and I know Patrice and uh, very well. We've traveled together and they're just amazing women. And Alicia, I'm sure, is amazing a woman as well. And I know it's a movement overall because what I love about them is that if you try to tell them, great job with Black Lives Matter, they're very clear that it is a movement. It is not specific individual people. But hello, so a hate group, quote unquote hate group, <laughs> for y'all haters out there, um, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So peace on that. And my final boost is today, the book that I have been actively working on for more than a year, but kind of passively working on the the, the premise for my whole life, Get Good With Money, 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. Pre-orders are open today. The door is open. If you go to getgoodwithmoney.com, you can- I was trying um, to think, what's an air horn sound like? I forget. <laughs> I don't even know. I think it is like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so it's exciting. Excitemento. I'm not going to lie. Probably I'm going to end off each podcast with get good with money. I get good with money.com. <laughs> but I'm excited because it's just, I wanted to write something that I needed back when, especially when I was really struggling financially, because it was scary to, and it was um, like, I felt like I was alone. I was ashamed. I didn't know where to turn. And so I wanted to write a book that would guide people who were really struggling, guide people who were kind of like, I'm okay, but I want to move to the next level and guide people who were in an even better position. So I wanted to write something that was really going to just be like this like kind, fun guide to your money. I know right now everyone is talking about options and shorting and making a ton of money in the market. But if y'all know me, I'm more so the um, financial fundamentals because um, I want you to do those other things. It's just that that's not what I teach because what I'm wanting is for you to have fundamentals in a way that you can go off and be great in these other kind of like more speculative areas, knowing that you have a strong financial foundation. And mm. that's why I wrote it. And I'm just really proud of it. It's just, it's really literally, it feels like a love letter to my audience, the dream catchers, um, like just because it really came from my heart. And so if you are interested in getting your copy, you can go to get goodwithmoney.com. It's available where all books are sold. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it. Aw, congratulations. <laughs> when is, so that's pre-ordering now and then the book is, is dropping Comes in out March? March 30th. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you pre-order now and then they they actually mail them out to you like March 30th. I think, I think depending on when you get it, you might actually, might actually get it March 31st, but just know they get mailed out March 30th. Ooh, ooh you know what? I'm going to add a surprise a special um, bonus boost because my husband just texted and we found out his his mom has been sick with COVID and she's mm. been in the hospital for 10 days now and she's getting out tomorrow. Thank 
God. Yes. Um, that was scary. Very scary. Um, but she is doing really well. So thank Good. you to all the doctors and nurses who yes. I have been harassing <clears throat> the past week and a half because uh, a, a, a woman wants communication. You know, we like that. So yeah, to the doctors and nurses at Columbia Presbyterian and all the doctors and nurses across the country who are in, on the front lines of this ongoing war. Thank you so much. And we're just so relieved because she had a, you know, she has all kinds of... Um, uh, uh, they call them comorbidities, which I kind of hate that word, but mm. basically like pre-existing conditions that made this pretty dicey. So luckily she didn't, uh, she wasn't too, too bad, but she was in the hospital for 10 days and she's so, so excited to go home and we're so excited that she recovered. So um, yay, this is really, I'm going to go up and give him a big old hug. Yeah, because that's, I mean, there's nothing like your parent. It's just not, you know, so yes, we are grateful for that. Yeah, we need Abuela back. Yes, Abuelita. Abuelita. All right, well, be well, and congrats, Tiffany. Um, So, so excited for you. Thank y'all. Big things. I can't wait for you can make your full announcement, because ah, big things over there. Big mm. things in 2021. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and thank you again to Westwood One. We're so happy to be part of the Westwood One family. Yes, we are. Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.